Interest rates are near zero. Does that mean you should borrow some money right now? We're going to talk about that on the show coming up. From the streets of San Antonio, straight to your wallet, it's Jake's Two Cents on Jake of All Trades. And welcome back. My name is Kirk Barbera, and I'm not a financial expert. And I'm Jake Rivas. I am the financial expert. But together, Kirk and I talk about the economy. We look at financial articles and review financial tools, all with the express purpose of helping our listeners build wealth both today and into the future. Yes. And today we're talking about another relevant topic, I think, that's important for all of us. And it's about refinancing mortgage student loans during this low interest time. And well, um, there's an article that we start that we're going to start with, but we're going to talk. You're going to talk more broadly, I think, about this issue from a personal financial standpoint. Yeah. But, but what? Let's start. Let me ask you first. When we get into this, why are people considering doing this at all right now? You know, what what's the point of refinancing at the moment? I think the biggest, really the biggest driver here is the fact that interest rates are so low. And this article does a nice job of talking about, one, why the interest rate you might receive through a refinance isn't zero, because we all heard not too long ago that the Federal Reserve cut interest rates to zero. So you would think, oh, that means I could go buy a car or refinance my student loans or something at zero percent. Well, we also have to remember that the federal funds rate set by the Federal Reserve is not what the banks charge you to borrow money. The banks still have to operate themselves. So they've got to increase a little bit of cost in order to cover or compensate their operating practices. Mm -hmm. So even with that, however, having such low interest rates set by the Federal Reserve forces those financial institutions to lower their rates as well to remain competitive. So even though there is still added cost, it's still a good time. It can be potentially a good time to refinance or borrow money because it's just so cheap right now. And it's really at the cheapest levels it's ever been in history. Yeah. So I think those are the, probably the two that really the main driver of why this is so relevant right now. Yeah. So the, the question, so one thing we talked about on a, uh, on other shows maybe is about gas prices that are why people, why it's not, you know, if the barrel is trading under $0 at the moment, why isn't gas still free? Now I've seen like the cheapest gas in America, I think was like 77 cents a gallon somewhere. I wow. saw like a picture of this. Now, I, don't, I didn't look into this. It could be wrong, but um, I wouldn't be surprised if it was, you know, there was some place in America that's like a buck or so. Yeah, because um, even here it's like two bucks in Bay Area, California, which is insane, right? It's usually four insane. bucks here. Yeah. Um. And and but the the reason the question is why isn't it free? Right? It should be free if it's they're getting this right. barrel for. And like you said, they still have to pay truckers. They still have to get the stuff there. They have to pay the cashiers and the people to run it. They have to pay for electricity for the places. And then of course there's all the taxes they have to pay for, right? There's state, yep. local, federal taxes, and um, and different places are going to have different rates of taxes. So the point is that even if the product in this case is temporarily free, the overhead is not. The overhead is yep. never free, and that's part of why in every place – I mean, I always tell this to people, and they just don't seem to get it, I feel like, and I don't know if I'm going crazy. Like, a lot of people complain about the the beer and, and uh, 
hot dogs at ballparks, although we may never have that again. But um, you know, in a, in a post-COVID, that. <laughs> hopefully that's not true. But um, but but you know, people complain about like why when I go to a Spurs game do I have to pay like eight bucks for a beer? And that's because you're talking about some of the most expensive real estate within a 500 mile radius, right? To right. have a hot dog stand there costs a lot of money, right? And that because they they have to pay because it's limited space. And then they have to pay, you know, this is how the stadium makes more money. So right. it's going to, overhead's going to be more expensive. It's just like Disneyland. You don't have anywhere to go. So the, the real estate's expensive. They're going to charge you. And it's the yeah. same thing with this interest loan. Exactly. So we have financial institutions that we still have to work with in order to receive the loan funding, right? It's not just going to pop out of the air, or be sent to us in the mail. So we have to account for that cost, which is a great segue into what I wanted to talk about in, in larger, from a larger perspective about this article and about planning is, should this be a motivator mm-hmm. for you to refinance or maybe borrow money for the first time? Should this be a motivator for you to finally buy a house or buy a car? Um, and that's when it gets a little tricky. And I think that's when this conversation about built-in overhead cost is important. I say that because when we refinance or uh, take out a new loan, there's always costs associated with it. Loan costs, origination costs. Um, if you're buying a house, you need to get the house appraised. So all of those things also need to be factored into the equation when we're thinking about, is this a good time to refinance or borrow some money? Yeah. Okay. So, so there's a lot of personal things you have to take into consideration before you do it. And, you know, this, I think this is a general principle, though, of finance that we've talked about before. And, you know, just as a reminder, that there is there are a lot of factors in making these decisions. And it's really you have to be really cautious not to get caught up in the hype of things. Yes. Like the first reaction I started seeing with some of the people I, I have on Facebook was to the to the oil thing, for instance, was oil is down. Let's buy oil right and it's like well hold on a second it's more complicated than that because we're talking about futures and you know do you know what a future is and and what how that works because it's not the same thing as you know that's what the price is right now it's just a futures con you know so you have to understand more of the context and i think that's true of this as well like just because you know you get um there seems to be a temporary lift or you know lowering of this we have to think about like what's our financial statement right now what's our you know like for instance just something basic like did you lose your job right like and and maybe you need to be considering different types of strategies um maybe even selling the house or something rather than you know right like i don't i I wouldn't recommend that this is not a recommendation but the point is there's a lot of different factors that go into this and i think it brings up a good point when you talk about like the lift or being pushed and motivated by external factors I talk about this a lot with financial plans and the fact that they're individualized. They also are necessary because external factors like the financial markets, the economy, interest rates are uncontrollable. And so by having your plan in place, even when a shock happens and interest rates fall to way less than we anticipated, but we weren't planning to necessarily buy the house for another two years, Taking into consideration the fact that this is the state of the economy, don't let that 
push you into making a decision too quickly because it's often a misunderstanding that if we have really low interest rates right now and this mortgage company is offering me 3%, I need to get it done like in the next couple of weeks. When actually, if you look back historically, interest rates, they stay relatively stable for long periods of time because interest rates are a tool in the Federal Reserve's toolbox to help control our spending and saving. And so when they want us to spend more, they lower that. When they want us to save more, they'll increase that. And by doing that, that's not just done in like weekly periods. This is a longer period of time. So in this particular instance, it's very important to remember, even though it may feel like time sensitive because you're getting emails and you're seeing ads on Facebook that say refinance now at 2.45% or something, those interest rates are going to be low for a while. It's not as though that's just something that's going to drop and then spike back up. Yeah, it may go a little bit higher, but we're talking about 30 and 15 year uh, liabilities here. So a few little a basis point here or there may not be as meaningful as you just jumping into a borrowing situation prematurely because mm -hmm. you thought rates were the lowest they've ever been and that's a temporary thing. Yeah, so I mean, the I guess the principle could be stated never make emotional decisions in finances. Absolutely. And, and, and that includes positive ones as well as negative ones. You know, don't yeah. make it out of fear. Don't make it out of anxiety for, you know, that you might miss an opportunity like FOMO fear of missing out type thing. Like don't, yeah. don't do that. Like try to make, that's one of the values of having a certified financial planner that can help you through that process. So why don't, can you give us two examples uh, of a fully fleshed out person, maybe who one, um, whether they're real or they're just a, an amalgamation of, of people, you know, or something, just an, a generalized example of someone who should do a mortgage right now. Like this is a good time for them and yeah. who should not do it. Like, even if you have a house, or, you know, you know, so something that, you know, uh, just typical examples of those two scenarios. Absolutely. I think that's a great point. And so first, let's start by defining my word of the day. Oh, wait, wait. Help with this story. Wait, it's the word of the day. So we have to do word of, of the, the day. day. <laughs> and that is break even. So what is break, break even, Jake? Even. So break even is not necessarily a, a specific finance term, but it's one that's used to help make decisions during times like this. So break even is the point at which a um, investment or a loan or something reaches uh, financial profitability for you. And I'll give you an example. Let's say that I want to refinance my house. Well, we talked about those embedded costs to refinancing. There's origination fees, there's appraisal fees. And so while you may be refinancing with the ultimate goal of having a lower interest rate, you're going to have to pay your financial institution, the person lending you the money, you're going to have to pay them to create a new mortgage for you and to go through that entire closing process. So the savings that you receive from that interest by lowering your interest rate through the refinance is not immediately going to be realized because I have to outlay some cash at the front end in order to pay for this refinance because I've got to cover those costs. So eventually, however, 
enough money will be saved from the interest savings that it already pays for those initial costs. And now there's that break even point where you go from paying that outstanding debt, if you will, to now your savings from the refinance has saving you more money than it costs you initially. Okay. So, um, can you break that? Maybe help me understand that a little bit more. I think the, is, is that just a, a kind of a fancy way to talk about overhead again? Well, so let's What's do it. So I think I've got lost a little bit along the way personally. Let's do it. Cause if you got lost, I'm sure I did not explain it very well. So let's apply it to a real example. Kind of like what you said. So let's say we have one, uh, person who's ready to refinance their house, right? Yes. So they have a, a loan outstanding that's $200,000 on the okay. current house and their interest rate is 4%. They're living if in San Antonio, yeah. 4% on their, their place. They own a house and it's the, it's the house is worth $200,000 you're saying. Right. And they, well, let's say the house is worth 250, but they borrowed 200 on it and they're paying at a 4% interest rate for that loan. Got it. Okay. Rates drop their mortgage, uh, lender calls them up and says, Hey, rates are now at 3% for the same 30 year mortgage. Would you like to refinance? What you do in that situation is they would give you a proposal that says, okay, if your current loan is $200,000, we're going to give you a new mortgage but it's going to cost us about $10,000 to cover all of the cost of closing and appraisals and origination fees. So you're going to get a brand new mortgage at 3%, but the new loan value is $210,000. So now I borrowed $210,000 at 3% instead of the 200 at four. Eventually there's a period of time in which the savings from not paying 4% anymore, I'm paying 3% catches up to that initial $10,000 outlay that I had to roll into the cost of the new loan. Yeah. Okay. So anybody I think who's bought, taken out a loan on anything like a motorcycle, a car, a boat knows yeah. that you, you, there's the price on the ticket and then there's the price you're actually going to pay when you take out that total loan, which go. is going to be different. Right. And this yeah. is definitely true of a house loan. Yeah. Um, and, and anything that has complicated legal fees that have to be involved with everything and, and just all the fees in, in general. Okay. So yeah. that, that's, that makes sense. So there's that $210,000, but at 3%. Okay. Right. So now this brings us to the point of, this is a good evaluation technique. If you're thinking about doing this right now, because your break even point is significant. Let's say that I'm that person that just refinanced that $200,000 loan, and it's going to take me two years of making my mortgage payment in order for the interest savings to catch up with that initial $10,000 outlay. It's going to be two years. If I'm not planning to stay in my house for two more years, I shouldn't refinance because if I end up selling before that two year period is up, it actually costs me more money in the long run yeah. refinancing, even though I had a lower interest rate. So that's a really good rule of thumb. You should always do a break even calculation when you're thinking about a refinance because that's the biggest factor as far as interest saving versus the upfront cost. Now there's a lot of other external factors to consider when you're thinking about doing this, but that's a good strictly mathematical way of evaluating. Is this a right, is this the right financial move right now? Yeah. So it almost the, 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 uh, the way you just, you know, the example you just made made me think of two year cell phone contracts 
Like, should you pay the less amount for the two-year cell phone contract or just pay the month-to-month, which is more expensive because you know you're going to switch in a year, right? Or you're you're looking for better deals and you don't want to be in it. Or you just don't like contracts in that case, which is different than, which would be similar to like, you just don't like, you don't, you know, want to stay still for too long. Uh, yeah. And you might want to move somewhere else. So there's other jobs. So there's a lot of factors that you might need, th- need to think about before you agree, just because it's a percentage, you know, mm-hmm. if, if like you said, you have to look for that break even point, because maybe that break even point won't happen for five years, depending on your loan, exactly. so, which is a, di- or even 10, you know, I don't know about 10, but, but it could be several years and you have to think, well, you know, I don't like it here that much. I'm, you know, I, this is a good investment, but I don't know if I want to stay here. You know, so you may yep. be stuck with losing a couple thousand dollars that you wouldn't otherwise have lost, even exactly. though you're paying less per month. Right? Yeah, you're paying less per month, but we had a cash outlay at the beginning. Whether you yeah. paid that out of your pocket or you just rolled it into a new note, it's money you got to pay. So yep. it's yep. going to be, that's why the break even is so important. Yeah. Okay. So it's break even. That makes sense to me. Yeah. I like it. Do you have a oh, story for me? Talk about my story. Yeah, you have a story I have for a perfect me. Perfect story that applies to this. So, story okay. time with Jake. Story time with Jake. Here we go. All right. I didn't even think of this, but I actually am in the process of refinancing my own mortgage. Um, I got a call from my mortgage lender, and they said, "Hey, you might." be interested in refinancing. Uh, I had a rate at 4.375 for my original mortgage. And what they offered me was 3.125, which is crazy low for a 30-year mortgage. So I was like, well, let me jump on that. However, I did the break-even calculation and determined that my savings by reducing my interest rate, it was going to take me 18 months to reap the benefits of doing this refinance. Me, I own my house. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to be here for a while. So for me, it made a lot of sense financially to move forward with the refinance. Um, But again, I've done this in the past when we first entered this kind of tumultuous time and interest rates were dropping. The Federal Reserve cut rates uh, several months ago by like a quarter of a percent. We weren't at levels we are now, but I did do the same thing with my lender at that time. And the break even was almost four years. And so it just wasn't a good move at that time. So that's a good example of why timing isn't always the most important thing because interest rates are going to be low for a while. The most important thing is doing that break-even calculation every time. So that's my story and I'm sticking to it. Makes sense. I like it. Yeah. I mean, I, um, I know my parents told me they refinanced recently. Yeah. Um, and, but that, that's, the deeper question is, is always like, what is the break even point? And I think, does this apply to like student loans and refinancing student loans right now? Or we're looking for loans to pay those off? Like same, same so, type of idea. Yeah. So student loans gets a little more complicated because then we have either a federal loan or a private loan. And when you have a federal student loan, those interest rates are set and they don't change. So uh, in order to have a new interest rate on the federal loan, you have to refinance into a private loan, which can be a good idea. And if you did that, that would be one, you would definitely want to do a break-even calculation for doing that. But the other thing is by moving to a private loan, you lose some of the protections that government or federal loans provide, which is like 
the income-based repayment plans and that kind of thing. Because when you yeah. refinance, you're going over private. That's like a loan loan. Not that the student loan with the government's not a loan loan, but <laughs> the government is the it's lender. real life not. versus fairyland life. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. no, but it's just like in times like this, for instance, in COVID-19, I know federal government put a, um, a, a, a freeze freeze on those, which doesn't necessarily apply to private loans. No, it um, does not. Which yeah. I, I, you know, I don't know if they've done it or not. I'm sure some private loans might have done it temporarily. I don't. They they could the choose to. Freeze, the interest rate freeze is going to be effective for private loans too, but only private student loans. So it has to be a student loan specifically. Oh, okay. So it does apply to both. both yeah, in this loans. instance, it did apply to both. The one difference, though, is that federal loans automatically suspended your payments. Uh, and the private loans, you actually have to call them and ask for your payments to be suspended during this time. Oh, okay. So there's a little bit of a difference That's there. That's important too. to know. Yeah. <laughs> don't just yeah. assume everything's done for you. Yeah. No, um, don't do that. <laughs> which I usually do. So <laughs> it's, honest, it's, it's all going to happen and blah, blah, blah. I don't know. <laughs> um, okay. So that's really helpful. So any other thoughts on refinancing right now? I think that's really doing that break-even calculation is going to be a key uh, solution for you to help get to that. And also, if you have a plan in place, and this is going to kind of force you to rush into a situation, really evaluate it before you do it. I know that for me, the other day, I I love uh, I'm obsessed with a Volvo. Like I want a Volvo so bad, but I know that they're very expensive, and I don't need a new car. But I happen to look at them online periodically, and now because of the situation, they're offering no interest financing on these Volvos, brand new Volvos for zero percent interest, which sounds really enticing. But I also have to remember I'm not in a place in my plan where I need a new vehicle. And so even though I may be saving on interest cost, I'm going to be taking on additional cost for an expensive car that I don't need simply because I thought I could save some money on interest. So keep in mind what your priorities are throughout this entire thing. Don't just have the herd mentality where everybody's telling you to borrow money because it's cheap right now. Things will be cheap for a while. I mean, this is going to be a recession. So you don't want to do a seven-year auto loan? No, no seven-year <laughs> auto loan. Please. Well, so why? So it doesn't. Um, I'm curious about this plan of of getting a car. We might need to do another show on that because I'd be interested in like why could you not just sell the car you have? You know, take you know if you're the money you might make in a a, a moment like this where you're not spending elsewhere. Right? Uh -huh. you, you, can you take some of that to make it a bigger down payment? Like, right. I'd just be curious how things might alter your plan um, to help you make, you know, get the things that you desire in this case. That's an interesting way to think about it. I mean, I, I think it makes sense that you should do that. I don't know if you do this, but my old business partner, Marco, who's been on your show, has a vision board. Mm -hmm. And um, so he puts like, he wants a Tesla. Um, so he puts stuff like that the the logo like on this board these are things that he wants and it makes it so you know he's striving for it but like you he has his own plan he's not going right. to buy it you know his whole thing is he's going to run his car into the ground before he buys another one yeah right? and and yeah. he's very frugal and smart that way um and, and that makes sense right but yep you know yeah. anyway yeah just different methods different methods but the same objective same and the objective. same yeah. really the same Thing I want to hit home and what we're trying to hit home to listeners is have that plan and okay. don't let these types of external environments that may be out of the ordinary sway you in a different direction. 
Makes sense. I like it. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Jake of All Trades. Be sure to follow us on social media by searching for at Jake's Two Cents and check out the blog at jakestwocents.com. Take care. We'll see you next time. Securities and advisory services offered through Commonwealth Financial Network. Member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Fixed insurance products and services offered through CES Insurance Agency. Actual performance and results will vary. These interviews do not constitute a recommendation as to the suitability of any investment for any person or persons having circumstances similar to those portrayed. Consult a financial advisor regarding your specific circumstances.